0: Hello and welcome to Inside the Therapy Room. I'm your host, Sam Sellers. I'm a registered therapist, a wife and a fur mama, and I am passionate about breaking down the barriers and stigma attached to therapy. I want to begin by honoring the traditional custodians of the land we live and work on. Today, Naomi is on Yogura land, and Sam is on Gundungurra land. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging for they hold the memories, the traditions, and cultures of our First Nations people. We must always remember that the land below our feet is, was, and always will be Aboriginal land. Today we're chatting to Naomi Hutchings, commonly known on social media as the Australian Sexologist. Naomi has been working in the wonderfully interesting field of human sexuality and relationships for over 17 years, She completed a Master's of Health Science in sexual health, a Bachelor of Arts degree majoring in gender studies and politics, and is completing a postgraduate in counselling. She works completely online with people all over Australia and around the world. She has years of experience working with people from diverse backgrounds and is committed to understanding and acknowledging the way race, culture, ability, gender, and sexuality sexuality intersect in people's lives. Naomi is working full-time in the sexual and relationships counselling space, where she works one-on-one with individuals, couples, throuples, families, and other relationship structures her youngest client was just 6 and her oldest clients were a couple aged 89 and 90 tune in to hear how Naomi found herself working within the world of sexology we discuss what is and isn't involved in sex therapy we explore the impact of social media and the broader society on com- on the conversation around sex and what it is like inside her virtual therapy room and as always Naomi smashes a myth from the world of sexology. We hope you enjoy joining us inside the therapy room. Welcome, Naomi. Thanks for joining me. Thanks,
1: Sam. Thanks for having me. Yes, and it's hopefully wonderful. the puppies will stay quiet. Yes, I know. <laughs> I've also dogs.
0: got a puppy on my lap, which <laughs> um, this is the first podcast she's joined me in. So I'm hoping that she will be nice. Fingers and quiet.
1: crossed, we have four dogs, four dogs amongst <laughs> us and hope they all stay quiet.
0: Who knows what will happen. Uh-huh. Anything can happen with four dogs. Goodness. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining me. I'm so excited for this episode. I have been, um, we had a little bit of a social media chat beforehand, but I have been a long time follower of you (laughs) on Instagram. I think most people will know you as the Australian sexologist. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so today we are chatting about all things that fit that category of sex therapy, sexology, Mm -hmm. all of those fun topics. Yep. What drew you to this line of work?
1: Well, I think probably the thing that always comes to mind when people ask me that question is I had an unplanned pregnancy when I was, I was a Catholic schoolgirl. I was 16 and a half yep. and I had some interesting things happen through throughout that. Uh, things happen that I could probably talk about another time where, yeah, some interesting things happen of people's reactions to a teenager becoming pregnant. Anyway, so I had that baby and so I have like an adult child. But when I went and back then, you couldn't like if you left school you had to wait until you could try to get into uni through something called the mature age entry and mature age was 21. Yeah so I waited and not great for the
0: ageism conversation at all yeah
1: that was interesting (laughs) now I think there's much better ways people can you know go in for a lot of reasons anyway I was 21 went to uni and I at that point just did it like I started an arts degree but I did it was called gender studies then actually women's studies for a while and then swapped so it was called women's studies but it was about gender as well Mm -hmm. and then the politics and I started doing a lot of like essays and things that were about yeah you know teenage parents and just different things like that and that got me thinking about the lack of, well, I I perceived it to be a lack of really comprehensive and inclusive sex ed. I'm like the curriculum, what's going on, that kind of stuff. So I think that sort of started it. And then I was doing volunteer work at different places and ended up doing a lot of sex ed stuff. And I ended up being like a sex educator at a sexual health service. And yeah, so I kind of got very passionate about it very quickly and then ended up, you know, I did some training and stuff with the sexual health service in South Australia. I ended up working there running that course in the end and and but yeah and I did a master's uh, through University of New South Wales a long while ago now I think that master's in sexual health is a little bit more tied up in the medical um, a, a space now there but yeah so I think I just kind of realized that it was we were getting a lot of messages that weren't helpful not true and yeah that became like that's why I sort of in, went in that space
0: yeah I love that. And I would I would love to say that I feel like that messaging that we get has gotten better, and it probably has to some degree,
1: it, but it is yeah. still
0: really warped. There is yeah. still some really warped conversations.
1: Mm-hmm, um, and,
0: mm-hmm. you know, like I said to you before we started recording, that I work with religious trauma and purity yes. culture is such a big part of that, that mm-hmm. really narrow conservative view of, of sex and sexuality mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and modesty and purity abstinence and all of that is just so unhelpful toxic conversation Uh and people automatically think that the opposite of that is just like swingers parties and orgies you know all like it's just sexual chaos Mm -hmm. when you know reality we know that it's just not Not that yeah like sexual authenticity and integrity Mm -hmm. and and understanding but yeah um, yeah it's i wish that that conversation was better than it is. Oh,
1: for sure. I I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm nearly, I'll be 49, I think next week. And I, so I got the messaging and I know, again, this is what I mean, no matter who I talk to, everyone gets different stuff. Even if you were growing up in Australia, like I speak to people all over the world, but so it's all very different, but it's not even the same in Australia. We don't have, each city doesn't have its own sort of yeah. It, you know, it'd be great if you had the one thing. But anyway, the messaging is different. So people will sometimes say, oh, you had some okay stuff. And yeah, but mine was very much back then was don't get married. I mean, sorry, don't have sex until you're married. And certainly didn't uh, address anyone who might be queer in the space because that wasn't a thing either, right? No, no, no. So yeah, yeah, it's, and I, you know, I still see pockets where I feel like it's all still there. And it feels like just when I was back at high school, which is sad. And yeah, then other times I I get a bit more happy about the conversation that's happening Yeah. There's those little
0: glimmers of hope yeah that maybe something is changing that maybe the yeah. conversation is going in a different mm-hmm. direction yeah so for people who might not have any idea
1: what is sexology what is sex therapy what does that involve <laughs> so really like sexology and I get get to say that I'm a sexologist it's just that you study human sexuality at university yep. I suppose like you know people are studying I did a bit of that anthropology so then you become an anthropologist or something so or I'd heard that yep. people get called musicologists I had no idea oh I did yeah. not know that no I, I they study music and that's what they call yeah. it like, oh so really you just get this ologist on the end but yeah I studied human sexuality at a university level so that's one part but I've done many random ongoing training all the time just in any little part so yep. yeah yeah yeah. So, what might someone
0: go to therapy for? To like, what might they see a sexologist for? Oh,
1: look, I I see. Look, it, it's there's it's so broad, but I I will have things that I see regularly, yep. um, and that will be usually like maybe a couple. I do see um, people who are in thruples. I think the biggest I've had was a quad, um, but mostly couples or um around managing their differences in maybe. A few things there, maybe how often they each want sex or how they get aroused Mm because some people are more spontaneous and some people are more responsive. So that's a very, very common thing that I see, lots, lots and lots of that. And then, uh, you know, people who are struggling with uh, erection issues or not not being able to orgasm or yeah so they're kind of common things and then i feel like the one about with the couples managing the differences is always big but now i also see a lot of people who are wanting to open their relationship who previously haven't but then also sexuality so just their um their attraction so wanting to work through who they're attracted to and then also gender Um, so i do see a lot of people who are working through that as well yeah, and also, like, sexual pain comes up a lot. Yep. So, yeah, particularly those with vaginas. So I see a yep. lot of vaginismus or, yeah, just sexual pain and trying to manage that. Yeah.
0: Mm. I um I often work <laughs> with a lot of couples also and it is one of the common things that comes up even, yeah. even for, you know, couples just seeking, uh, I guess, traditional therapy. Totally, yeah. Um, is that mismatched desire mm-hmm. level or mismatched yeah. expectations even around... Yes what somebody needs or wants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in that in that department. And uh, that's
1: why I say I try not, like, I don't know, I, hate, I sometimes hate using the word normal because I feel like we yeah. always think that there is a certain thing that to make it normal, we're putting it against something else or comparing it. But I do think like that is, I feel like I want to normalise the fact that I actually don't think that, like, I know it becomes an issue, but if we knew that this is a very, why do we even think that two human beings, if it's two, would actually want like they're horny at the same the time they want the, like thing. it's such a strange yeah. thing whereas we totally understand that one of you might be hungry mm-hmm. and the other one isn't one's a sleepy person and they yeah. prefer to lay in in the mornings or whatever like but this yeah again because yeah. of all the unrealistic expectations uh this is what we see all the time imagine if you were taught that that it's okay this is a very common thing
0: absolutely and the amount of couples that I see that just, don't have any conversations about it i go yeah. how how often do you actually talk about sex not just have sex but talk about it and yeah. it's it's so much rarer than you would want it yeah. to be uh-huh. um and yeah. and you sort of go well how are you supposed to know what the other person wants needs desires mm-hmm. what their expectations are yes you don't talk about it
1: absolutely and again there's obviously many reasons why but also i think people just think have this idea it's natural like it's just gonna flow and you don't need a conversation because that that just should just happen yeah still also not helpful and not true
0: (laughs) absolutely and you know i see that happen a lot for um those who get married to have sex yes the church and things like that and they have this perception because there is no sex education Mm -hmm. before that you don't Mm -hmm. talk about it that it is just going to be some magical wedding night. Oh. And in reality, they get there and they have no idea what to do with mm-hmm. each other's body because they have no idea what they're looking at or no. what to do with it. Yeah. And, they have and been, wedding you know... days
1: can be very exhausting. Oh, my And, I, and I think if you haven't, and again, yeah. I suppose what you're really talking to there is is that they probably, their idea or definition of sex is P in the V, penis in the yes. vagina. So Absolutely. that that is, like, there is so much, like, terror for some people or just yep. this they're panicking or they've got all these ideas that it ends up yeah absolutely being a, an awful time
0: yes absolutely mm-hmm. move the goalposts. i tell my yes. couples all the time we need to move the goalposts. sex incorporates so much more mm-hmm. than just penetration and intercourse mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's a so
1: helpful way to yeah. redefine your idea of what sex is because um yeah then, and then it can be helpful for everybody yeah, yeah
0: absolutely i'm i'm thinking about you know and i did mention this to you before um people who are watching netflix series like sex love and goop and you know all of those <laughs> sorts of things that show i guess ways to get in touch with you know sexuality and intimacy mm. with your partner and things like that but there is a difference in in different types of sexology and Mm. things like that. And so Mm -hmm. I guess what is sexology not?
1: Yeah, well, for me, I suppose we we certainly, I am a member of the Society of Sexologists and that's just a, a space you can join, but I know that uh, they have an overarching thing around sort of no touch. So I think sometimes people, I, I do remember once when I was doing face-to-face in Adelaide, this lovely, well, at first I did, I made an assumption. I just assumed they were a couple because they walked in and I hadn't heard anything. I hadn't seen the pre stuff because now most people fill a form out and tell me a little bit, but they just came in. And so I made an assumption they were coming in together as a couple. They are actually cousins because she had come in to see me and she was so scared that I was going to get her to take her clothes off oh, that <laughs> yeah and I was like oh, no, do we keep our clothes on in here I can talk about all this stuff with that yeah yeah so yes I think some people do oh. think that that's what I'm going to do and I'm going to massage them and yeah I mean I know that's a thing because I've had some yeah. clients tell me they went off for what they call yoni massages yeah like no I don't do that I certainly talk in sometimes like detail about what yeah. you're doing because we just, for whatever we're having a discussion about. But, no, there's no touching. And, you know, now because I'm always online, I'm like, sure, like put as long as you've got clothes on, I don't care if you're in your pyjamas, grab a cup of tea and talk to me. Because yeah. sometimes people are like, oh, I'm having a bad day. And I'm like, I don't care. Get on. It's okay. Grab a cup of tea, sit in bed and we'll talk. But, yeah. no, your clothes are on and mine are too Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yes yeah. and i think you know it probably you know it would be a, a very real and valid fear for some people for if sure. they don't understand, understand what what they're actually yeah. going to um, well, then i'm
1: going to make them sit there and do some sort of sexual couple yes. thing in front of me no that's not what happens either There's yeah. definitely workshops for that but that's not me <laughs> Absolutely,
0: yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, it is sort of important for people to make that distinguish mm-hmm. between what mm-hmm. is, you know, somatic sexology totally. about the body and yes like that mm-hmm. and does involve touch. Mm-hmm sexology where it is not no
1: we don't do that yeah (laughs) yeah
0: hopefully that will put some people's minds at ease i hope so yes i mean if that's um, what you're
1: looking for go looking for that and they'll absolutely specify that on their websites but yeah if you're worried just know that that's usually not what's going on they might yeah yeah and i'm not a sex worker so sometimes people think that as well so i try to say that's separate as well so i'm not going to be having sex with you i'll talk about sex but we're not going to be having sex yeah ever (laughs) <laughs>
0: what is it like for um the person coming in having to talk about something that is probably never been talked about with somebody else
1: yeah look i can you know it's funny when i first went fully online i was a bit worried about how you know when you would notice looking at people and worried that you know you can sort of pick up when people are nervous but i actually Mm. find it's actually brilliant because we're so close i can see so yes i can tell some people are sweating uh they just gotta really you can tell they're nervous but i actually do this whole thing at the beginning talk about, I say some things about myself. I acknowledge, I say, listen, I've been in this field for 20 years. So I am sometimes probably like appear very blasé because this is all I do, but I acknowledge all of that and acknowledge that I understand you may be very nervous. And then some people go, no, I'm fine. Or others like, yes. And yeah. So I just say, look, I'm going to do my very best to help you feel comfortable, but just know I do this all the time and I really am comfy. So I hope I can do that. But yeah, people are nervous. They've sometimes like they'll do things like see other people. So they're going to psychologists, psychiatrists, yep. whatever, but then come to me just for the sex parts. like they cannot talk to their other therapist about it or maybe their therapist hasn't brought it up, which is interesting because that's one of the things I used to do, train professionals, and I would yeah. say, bring it up, ask yeah. the question. And they're like, no, 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 no. Absolutely. And I'm like, yeah, ask it. And then they can shut yeah. you down and say, I don't want to talk about it. Or they'll yep. go, yes. So anyway, it's still not happening. Or people will go, oh, go see Naomi. Um, because they don't want to, they're worried that they can't talk about. It. I suppose they yeah. think you have to be like this expert or sex, yeah. expert, which is like you can still have a discussion without having formal training. I think for sure, yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think anybody who is working with couples needs to have that comfortability. take it in, yeah. Um, to to be able to have that conversation, you know, I will always tell any couple that I'm working with you know to share to the point that they are comfortable Mm -hmm. um, but I am totally okay with what they want to tell me yeah essentially but it is such any it's an important part of a relationship and it can't be avoided Mm -mm. it needs to be spoken about Um, and so you know, it doesn't mean that you have to then continue working on that with them. That's mm-hmm. what there are people like yeah, you, yeah you refer yeah. to mm-hmm. if it is mm-hmm. something that is much more, you know, health-based or pain-based or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. don't have training in. Yeah. But yeah, the conversation needs to be had. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. Otherwise you're you're missing a part of the puzzle.
1: Uh-huh. Absolutely. And I suppose people when they see me. They've, they've obviously searched for me and know that that's kind of my area, um, specialty area, I suppose. But, yeah, we often do end up talking about other things, too, because they think it's about yeah. the sex. And sometimes it's not about the sex. It's something else we need to work on. Yeah. and we, But we work through that. Sometimes it really is actually specific to sex. But mm-hmm. other times there's this whole relationship thing that unfolds or something or just their own stuff
0: yeah yeah Mm -hmm. actually that's a really great point which is you know there probably is other things that you're talking about there would be trauma there would be be other yes yes you know it's not just body parts and sex
1: no no. lots of body stuff we have we're talking we're you know unpacking fat phobia uh also race you know gender like all of these lines i suppose that's kind of that sort of feminist perspective often people think that you know we have the idea that feminist stuff is about sitting there talking about hating men no what we're doing it's just talking about the way that societal stuff in different yes. layers impacts. So yes, we talk about culture, gender, patriarchy, like all the things that can actually impact their sexual relationship. And sometimes as people, I think, you just get so caught up in what you're feeling, you don't realize. Oh yeah, there was that. I was just shaming myself. That mm-hmm. was slut shaming. That where did that come yeah. from? And we unpack that. So yeah, we yes. definitely do lots of that. How the media impacts them, how they grew up what messages they got yeah if if they're religious what what was uh sex what was said about sex for them so yeah layers and layers of that yeah well. and i would imagine that there would have been a lot
0: of conversations when there are you know high profile situations in the media like yes you know particular sexual assault trials and mm-hmm. things like mm-hmm. that that are mm-hmm bringing up a lot of stuff for people internally that might you know mm. remind them of a situation that for they sure. went through or even just I mean, oh, goodness, I just think like my wife tells me all the time, just don't look at the comments, like mm-hmm. just don't. But mm-hmm. I still always look at I the know, comments. they're fire, they're fire. I, just, like, the I fire. still have to look at the <laughs> I comments. Know. I know, um, And then afterwards I go, why did I look at the comments? Like, Because you just Aww. see, you know, well, what was she wearing? Like maybe, like, and there's all of these comments that just make you, angry Just absolutely curious at the way that society still views sex, sex. and sexuality and, and, that and the way women dress and sex work and things like that so yeah. i would imagine that there would even be conversations around how some of these things are spoken about in the media
1: Absolutely and and it's interesting you said about like even sex work I actually do get I find a lot of sex workers come to me maybe they've just seen something or heard me on the radio or something and they obviously feel like thankfully I've realized I, you know they've got a non-judgmental space with me so sometimes they come just because they've got their own stuff but not necessarily at all about being a sex worker it's just other stuff that they feel comfortable with me because they can say and just be open yeah. Um, yeah, but we definitely do. And unfortunately, I, you know, just I suppose my line of work, but statistic wise, I do see a lot of survivors of mm. sexual assault and, and even, you know, wonderfully intelligent people who, you know, know that there's, um, uh you know we're getting better at pushing back and not self-blaming and all that they'll still you can once we unpack a bit you find that a lot still they'll still say something to me and I'm always like interjecting you know and saying wait what did you just say and then they sometimes don't even realize they've said it and I go did you hear what you just said and, you know, you can tell that they said they're okay, but actually, no, they blame themselves for yes. whatever reason, some of the stuff you just said, yeah. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Mm. Do you find that, you know, we, we've we had a conversation before about social media in general, but mm. um, do you find that you see social media trends come up in your room
1: with people? I mean, there's certainly, I'm sure you see this, there is a lot of self-diagnosis stuff going on and words thrown yeah. around that I haven't heard as much as I do now, like every second person saying someone's a narcissist. narcissist. Now, I'm not saying that, and again, I just want to yeah. be clear, I'm not a psychologist, but yeah. I know that that there aren't as many narcissists as people. No. Some people are shitty and they're just not good people Yeah, their behaviour is crappy. Yeah. That gets thrown around. My mother's, do, you know, so those yeah. words or, yeah, just buzzwords, even like I suppose I'm thinking of like even in the ADHD space, which mm. has been great for people to, uh, you know, uh, remove stigma and stuff. But even yeah. some of the words, the buzzwords that are coming around around ADHD, aren't even actually like. Again, and I suppose this is interesting. Like the, in the DSM, and I don't know. There's lots of. Mo- I've got feelings about the DSM anyway. Yes. What, about that, right? Yeah. But the fact that it's not even there, but they're seen as something. You know. So I just think a lot of or like codependency, like that yes. word always gets thrown around, and I'm like, hang on a yeah. minute, can we just unpack that? What does that even mean, really? You know. Yeah. So I'm often just saying, why? Where did we get that from? And yeah. So yes, if there's stuff, I, I yeah, that's in there, they'll they'll bring it in. Like these big words, you know, like that buzzwords. I suppose is what I'm saying is that you hear and then they'll start talking about it, which I never used to hear as much.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. What is it like for a sexologist on social media? Because I would imagine there, are, you know. I'm not concerned that my content is going to get banned or Uh hidden or people are Mm -hmm. going to, I mean, sometimes with the religious trauma posts I put up, I'm thinking, goodness, I can get some conservative Christians to to write in on that. But I don't tend to have, you know, Instagram's algorithm ban posts and things like that because of the word sex or things like that.
1: What yeah. Is like? yeah, I've had that happen. And I know we went through a phase. Look, my page has gotten very like still, I suppose, is the right word. I've been on that since uh, two th- 2013 and I haven't ventured into TikTok or anything just because I just can't. I feel like I'm yeah. just overwhelmed and I, I'm one of the people who grew up without it. So I know what it's like without it. But, yes, yeah, so I um, haven't, gr- you know, been as active as usual but I definitely there was a time where they were people even now are doing it some of the pages that have continued to grow and the younger sexologists around the world are, they'll they're not even writing the word sex now they use a hashtag yeah. because yeah there was stuff but I definitely did like I'd get really angry because like nipples and things at one point you know like or yeah. birth at one yeah. point we all signed like there was a petition and we thankfully got that um we won that but yeah it was a while back like I couldn't even put like I was putting birthing sort of stuff up, and and they were banning that. That again, that stopped. But yeah, definitely, I I I can tell people will say things to me like I haven't seen any of your posts for a while. So yes, I mean a lot of the stuff I ended up doing because I was just using like how I just because of myself how I, I like to hear stuff. I would get comedic sort of so some comedy, some funny tweet, and then I would then. Take that and use use it with comedy to make a post about a particular thing. So yeah. yeah, so that probably stopped so many images that I was using. But yeah, I definitely think that there've been people banned, and you know, some people that I used to um, speak to a lot in other countries, sex workers and stuff like, they were getting yeah, they hot things shut down, and yeah, so d- definitely it's difficult. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. It's um it, like the censorship is just uh-huh. extreme, mm-hmm. like it's mm-hmm.
1: and mm-hmm. things
0: that you wouldn't think are being censored mm-hmm. are like you know people with larger bodies, you yep. know people yep. you know who,
1: and the nipple thing. Yes, it's so bizarre. So I, how do you guess Instagram? How do you know what gender know. someone's nipple is? Like it's weird. Yes. Yeah, all of that stuff. I actually, I think I, the three I, the nipple thing went around a while back yeah. when that happened.
0: Mm-hmm. I don't actually remember who it might have been. I think it might have been Ellie. I think she runs comfortable in my skin. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think she actually did a post where she – posted photos of people's nipples without their bodies. Yes, and then said guess the like, gender. Try, try, mm-hmm. try and tell me, try yes, and guess yes, yes, like yes, whose yes. is who. <laughs> because it is such a bizarre thing right. to to sort of to censor mm-hmm. and go, mm-hmm. you know what? Like you walk down the beach, you're going to see a bunch of them just on male bodies. Right? You know, so it's um yeah. It's it's,
1: it's bizarre. bizarre. I think you and I it's were having bizarre. a conversation it is and then i think we were just having a conversation before we started yeah. recording about like how i'd somehow stumbled upon some pretty horrific stuff of what's going on in the world right now and i'm like how is that there yeah. and and of course you know yeah and then then a nipple gets banned yes. um you know uh, uh, yeah i don't understand and it's frustrating if yeah. you do go and do a whole post and people get yeah their accounts taken down and yeah
0: yeah, yeah. and it's hard to to sort of help
1: society move
0: I guess in a sexually progressive direction Mm -hmm. when the social media outlets where people are sharing this type of content are Mm -hmm. so behind yeah absolutely Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. it
0: makes that a really difficult conversation to try and be a part of
1: absolutely like I've had a picture of a penis it was drawn as well and it was just talking about like I think it was, this was years ago, but it was like flaccid and something. I can't remember what, how I was talking, what we were talking about, but I remember they just took it off. Like it wasn't even a, like it was a draw, like a drawing. And I was, and it was an educational post. It was not. Yeah. Anyway. I, yeah. And vulvas have had that happen where I've done something and did this whole big thing and then it got taken down and yeah. (laughs) It's my media world. Yeah. It's. Yeah.
0: Uh I feel like it's one of those spaces where you just really never know what you're going to get. It's Mm -hmm. just such a mixed bag. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I suppose I'm kind of weirdly having some, I don't know, I have been having discussions with you and many other people about how I feel about the space. And so hence why I've never gone into the other ones, because I feel like I'm just stuck. I gave up Facebook years ago, but I uh, struggle with it. Like you can see how it can be absolutely wonderful. But I also, I don't know, I knew a time when I didn't have that. And yeah, so it's kind of like, yeah, especially in this space, because there are so many, you know, the the therapists on there and all of that. And I know that for some people who can't um, maybe get to therapy, that it's access stuff, financial, whatever. Um, and a little bit from there can be helpful, but I just think there's not a lot of room for nuance and, can yeah, be quite absolutely. binary. And that's how most things are not like that. The world, we live in the gray, right? <laughs> it's not that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if you yeah. say, you might know this, you write a post about something and people lose their mind where they're yeah. like, you didn't specifically talk about their exact thing. Yes. So that, and that is very exhausting having to do that yeah. where you literally make no money. Cause I, as I said to you, have refused to take money for a number of things because yeah. I will not go against my values. And I really, really don't, I, all I think about is my, potential clients the past clients whatever I'm like there's no way I'm gonna say this because I'm selling out and I'm not going to sell out to make money and make my page bigger and pretend that these things they're trying to get me to sell work because yes. they don't yeah so, yeah, yeah. is that too
0: I and I think it's you know we've talked about those products and and there's also like webinars and courses that just give the impression that you know you can fix all of those things yeah in like this two hour course or like this short window Mm of time mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and I think anybody who knows anything about the human complexities. (laughs) complexities. Us, yeah. <laughs> it is not that, that is simple. Not, no. It is just, you know, mm-hmm. it is so much more complex than just doing a quick course or a quick webinar mm. and it being super generalized, you know, the courses and things like that are wonderful they're and trying, yeah. have their place. But the reality is, is that they're general and they're not uh-huh. personalized mm-hmm. and they are never mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to be an everything for somebody no. to be able to you know work through those issues right, uh, you right. are never going to be able to you know pop a pill and it be okay you know i have talked about medication mm. even, you know from that standpoint and mm-hmm. you sort of go medication can't be a a, a fix at all you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yes you know there are benefits of things but you mm-hmm. know pill and and think that everything is going to suddenly be okay no and, no you know, sexual desire and libido and yeah like
1: certainly for libido pills anyway yeah. there's no way that's why I refuse I'm like absolutely. if you can tell me please why you think these are going to work show me how I, I've been in this yeah. area for a long time and I still haven't found one that works like yeah. no. and that's the thing but it's sad because people go out and buy that and then still think what's wrong with me absolutely
0: I've had people who have you know particularly couples who have said, you know, I've been told to get these libido pills and I'm just like, Mm. oh, it's such a nuanced conversation to go like, that's just like not going to cut it. Like really it's not, you're just, all it is going to do is going to cycle back and make you feel like you are somehow Mm -hmm. not worthy or not is there something wrong with you because yeah. these pills that are suddenly supposed to be working for everybody else mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is not working so yeah. what's wrong with me and we it go, might be oh, a placebo you
1: know? effect of like yeah. some kind of like feeling a bit absolutely. energetic but that's not gonna deal with any- that won't address any of the other stuff that's going in the be- in the bedroom or wherever you're having sex right that's not yeah, yeah. so absolutely mm-hmm. Yeah, and even the vibrators, right? They are great for lots of different things, but I'm saying if there's other stuff going on, that also isn't. So yeah. I think a lot of people think... I spent, you know, like Cosmo and Claire, all the things I grew up with, like how to give the best blow job and how to do like that is, I actually don't do a lot of that. It's funny, yeah. like there are sexual spaces or on Instagram that where people do that. I it, yeah. it is way beyond that. I go, we do a lot of, yes, I get specific sometimes around things, but it, it's way more than that. Like it, yeah. it's not that. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I think that's probably a really great segue into what is it like in a session with you? Mm, What is it like in a sex therapy session?
1: Well, first off, I hope that they feel comfortable with me and I always acknowledge that I've been on the other end of couples therapy and things like that, so I know it can be weird. I always at the front say to people, if you get to the end of this and I happen to say let's come back again and you don't feel like you vibe, click, whatever word you want to use with me, I'm like don't do it because I think, yes, I've got, it's very important that people we see have the credentials they say they have, but I think particularly here in this space, that you want to feel like I get you in some way. We don't have to agree on everything, but that's a big part. But I do say I hope that you just feel comfy with me. I get called a sex bird a lot and I try to say to people, I don't know everything about sex because nobody does. Like no. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, trying to kind of just do that and then give them a bit of a, this is how we're going to work. And then, yeah, we, we spend, I ask them, and sometimes they've written in the little pre-thing a bit. Sometimes people write an essay in there. Sometimes yeah. people write nothing or one word. Um, and we unpack that and go from there. So it could end up being that I do do a bit of like psychosexual education where I'm showing images of vulvas, uh, not my own. It's a drawing yep. and I'm just talking about that or I've got my little clitoris, uh, thing, yep. the um, uh, 3D thing. Oh, um, yep. So, so yeah, I may do. A, I I'll probably do a bit of that actually just sort of running through those things and unpacking myths and stuff. But I, mm. I think... I don't know, personally, I feel like uh people do feel pretty comfortable with me. Some of them have obviously that's why I put videos on my website because I like people to know and hear you can Google and hear me. So if you think I'm not your person, then you don't come. But I think, yeah, we just I try to be exactly like this. Like it's just a thing. Don't think I, you know, I know more than you kind of thing. And yes, I mean, I do forget probably because I've been in this area for so long. I do. Uh, have lots of information I can I can share, but it, a lot of it's just trying to unpack things, make them feel comfortable and, yeah, I do sometimes hear things that they've probably never told anyone and I will say, look, I, I've heard lots. You're not going to shock yeah. me. I honestly don't get shocked, like, really, in this space anyway.
0: Yeah, and it's probably important for people to know that, you know, in this space, you, you know, you can get as detailed as you yeah. feel comfortable because Absolutely. sometimes... The you know, is in the detail, yeah. yeah.
1: I do warn people that I I say I'm probably going to ask you questions that maybe nobody's never, uh, ever asked you before, and I, you don't have to answer them obviously, but sometimes you'll see and they can usually see where I'm going. It's because I'm in, like I said, I interject sometimes just trying to when they're talking because they've said something and they've just brushed over it. I go, yeah. Hang on, what did you say? And then we like, I'm often clarifying, What do you mean by sex? Mm. and then I go, Ah, oh, and then they say this, and so there's all this kind of back and forth a bit about just yeah. going, where did that idea come from? And, you know, so we're unpacking that. So, yeah, and they do. Sometimes they get very detailed because they need to and they want to say this is what happened. So we might be saying, yeah, try your side or, you know, if are talking about orgasms. But, uh, yeah, other times it's just that unpacking, realising that they've got some shame there they didn't know and, you know, we're talking about the layers of, what you know, where did that come from kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Do you find that it is more difficult for certain genders to to seek sex therapy hmm.
1: yeah I mean <clears throat> I suppose we know that men cis men tend to sort of what is that I remember when I worked in a sexual health space the doctors used to say there that like men will just turn up when they're like dragging their legs broken you're like really like take a long time which yep. I know for many reasons right because of patriarchy which impacts them yes. too uh yep. yeah yep so sometimes I think but I certainly get lots of men solo as well and and yeah they sometimes very open with me once we start talking you know like that I think sometimes they're not maybe talking to a partner or whatever or they've just got their stuff and they've never ever unpacked it before and obviously once we start talking I hope they're feeling comfy and then they just let it out you know and they'll say things like I have never ever Told anybody that. And you know, they're 60, 70 years old and they've never said it.
0: Yeah. Actually, another great point, which is, you know, sexology would not be for young people, or, you know, I would imagine you would see, you know, people Yeah, all older. ages.
1: I think my oldest clients yeah. were 89 and 90, and oh, wow. they were living in a space where they must have made a comment to one of the workers who they caught a taxi. This is when I was doing face-to-face in Adelaide. And they came and, yeah, we saw each other three times. And and then they wrote me a card, like in same, like, beautiful uh, um, cursive writing like my grandmother. But, um, yes, they, and we unpacked some stuff, you know, and then they wrote me this beautiful card to say they'd had sex. And Aww. I was, like, so happy for them. Yeah, so I, I did used to do, so every now and then I get a young person who's perhaps attending, like, a family. So maybe it's the parent and we're talking about them, just working through being trans or something like that. But I tend to obviously now because pe- it's it's private, so people are paying, usually they're sort of 20 something. But yeah, I get a, a huge range of ages. But I have worked in my in other areas. I used to do like sex education with parents and caregivers and stuff. So I think the youngest client I had was five or six.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, you know, the opposite end of the age spectrum is Mm -hmm. needed because absolutely there are conversations around consent and particularly queer sex education that -hmm. you are not getting in school. Mm -hmm. I mean, I Mm -hmm. to be quite honest, I don't even remember the sex education I got in school, and if there Mm -hmm. was any, it wasn't very good because I don't remember it.
1: No, Um, and
0: certainly nothing that would would open the conversation for anything that was out outside a heteronormative right. picture. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, that sort of world still needs to be talked about in a mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in an age appropriate way Absolutely. for for yeah. you know for people who are often I think forgotten in that mm-hmm. conversation as well. Absolutely. You know, shield the children, protect the children and and I sort of go, well actually some of these conversations are we'll going do that. To do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
1: Because oh. the abstinence-only abstinence sort of space, we know that it yeah. studies have all shown it doesn't do it. In fact, it's increased teen pregnancies and all of that sort of stuff, whereas yeah. we know if they've had a more comprehensive, you know, sex education, they yeah. will often delay. So in spaces where sex, you know, countries where sex is very much talked about and open, they have a delay, their delay in first And, again, I I don't like using the term virginity and lose virginity. I think that's got a whole lot of crappy context. So, you know, their first sexual debut with another person is um, later than other places and that makes sense because often you're talking to them and then they're, like, curious because people get scared to think that young people are horny and have feelings and all of that, Um, but they often make better decisions or they'll delay it, and you know, which is great. Like they'll turn up and go somewhere together and get some, contraception or something they'll make a lot of good decisions yeah yeah Mm. i think the notion that
0: if we don't talk about it it shields them needs to go in the garbage because and not just with sex with with all the things yeah because you know the the less Uh, minimization stuff alcohol drugs or you know porn or whatever Mm -hmm, it is mm -hmm. the less you talk about it the more Curious they are, the yeah. more they are going to find that information out from other sources. Mm-hmm. And sometimes those sources are not ideal or no. you know, not yeah. education based.
1: And so, and keep- then they keep it all inside, or they just yeah. take it. like, even when you mentioned porn, like people are yeah. horrified. They're like, no. You know, we need to not talk about that. No, you need a porn literacy. Everybody needs Absolutely. to be just like media literacy, so you can critique what you see because we don't know. People have access to it now all the time. So, yeah. if you're, if they're not talking to you or and they see something, at least if you've had some. Like conversation before around, you know, that's porn world, cool, and yep, that's real people having sex. But you, yeah. there, it's just like Instagram. There's filters, there's things. It's not real. Then there's real sex. Let's let's yeah. talk about that. The, what you know, the feelings and the things you have to do there. So if we don't, they've got no framework to look at that and you yeah. know, and just think it. They'll just think it's real, like the yeah. whole thing, you know, because it is naked people. We can they, you know, but if you haven't had a chat about it, like, and just their uncomfortability and all of that i think if you make space for that give them they can what did they raise sexually intelligent young people right
0: absolutely yeah mm. i remember saying to a um a mum that didn't want to have that conversation with her teenage son mm. that, that wasn't she was a single mum and i and mm. i remember having that conversation with her going you know she already knows that he's watching porn mm. And, mm. um and it's like you know if you're not having that conversation with him what stops him from thinking that this is the reality, that this is exactly what sex Mm -hmm. looks like? If this is his only form of sex education, what is he learning
1: from that? exactly um, and you don't have yeah. to watch porn I would say to parents you don't have to watch porn to talk about it Absolutely. so if you're worried that you're going to tell them that you watch porn or whatever I'm like no you don't have to drink alcohol to have a conversation with the kids about that too so mm-hmm. just talking about hey I know this stuff everywhere if you ever see anything and it makes you feel uncomfortable talk to me or or if you really want to get into say what do you think that what's happening here in some of the okay. stuff you're seeing what's happening to the women like what's going on and you know, you can have a really good conversation about a whole bunch of things by doing that, you know.
0: Absolutely. And I think, you know, we have so much more understanding, particularly for the younger generation, that, you know, the necessity to know the correct terms for your yes. is just vital. vital. You know, a colleague and I would run protective behaviours in schools and mm-hmm. just the vast majority of children who don't know the correct terms for their yep, body parts yep. and the like you know you obviously get that silly playfulness with yeah, because yeah. that's their kids
1: exactly but that
0: does that should never deter you no from it's part from of it expect it that- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's I still... went with adults
1: and they laugh their heads off too. So it's Absolutely. like Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love little young little ones when I have to do it. They would ask amazing questions. And yeah. like I just love it. But yeah, that's right. I think that's what people think. They're like, you're telling little kids how to have sex. No, no. the sex education we're talking about starts from the get-go and it could be just naming body parts, talking about yes. asking about uh, can I I just need to change an nappy or I need to do this, or we're gonna, you know, start having. Uh, showing that we ask and respect their bodies there's many ways to do that it's not like they're not that people just take it away (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. and I think I you know that
0: conversation and narrative is starting to slowly change and people are starting to see that this is not a sex thing it's a safety thing Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. that this actually Mm -hmm. might protect your children yep. by them knowing the correct terms of their body by yep. knowing that mm-hmm. you know what is a, what is safe and unsafe touch what is mm-hmm. wanted and mm-hmm. unwanted touch how do mm-hmm. they tell the difference between
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and you know moving away from that's not sexualizing our children.
1: No. That's,
0: that's protecting yeah. and arming them with skills and safety mechanisms uh-huh. to keep themselves safe. Yeah.
1: And then I suppose talking about masturbation and, you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm obviously, I suppose I sometimes probably do appear blase, but I'm like, well, if your kid's sitting at the table and they're um rubbing their vulva or penis, we just say, hey, okay, that might feel good, but we just like we don't fart or, you yeah. know, pick our nose at the table, can you go in your room? I think even yeah. if you're uncomfortable, like just do that, send them the message that, oh, pleasure yourself okay, but like we just yeah. don't do it here. Like We don't this, do it at the we dining don't do table. It, Exactly. That's how yeah. I sort of put it. I'm like, yeah. And I know people get uncomfortable because they're still dealing with their own stuff, but it's like you can fake it, you know, fake that, Sit mm-hmm. and just do it because what ends up happening is I see the people who, they, one, things, you know, stuck in their head, they got busted and they say that, you yeah. know, or, um, somebody's walked in and they were masturbating or whatever, and then they got everything, went pear-shaped, they, they got blasted, you know, whatever, and then all they remember is that. Like that starts yeah. the shame rather than just going, yep. hey, that's just something you do in your bedroom or private time or whatever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think the bigger deal that's made out of it, the bigger deal it's going to have in their yes. entire world and oh just that like Q yes. Q shaped yeah. spiral that will just yep. continue- new the older they get and then they will be the parent who is doing the exact same mm-hmm, thing to mm-hmm, their child
1: mm-hmm, yeah
0: um uh you know 20 yeah. or 30 years later so yeah. and it's so, amazing
1: how long they carry that you know that yeah. i'm talking to them as adults and then they'll tell me stories like that and they're crying about it and just feeling awful or like where whether uh, children have had some play sexual play with another person or whoever's there which people freak out when i say this but usually children will do this with whoever's around which is whether it's a sibling uh, or a cousin if they're an only child like that's what they do they if they're going to do it and often you're putting your adult head on the inter you're interpreting that in a very different way you know there's a there's it's not an uncommon thing for children to get curious and and play with whomever they have access to and and yeah so like parents are often you know have freaked out about that so we just talk about that this is actually not uncommon at all it's about just a bit of curiosity, and then you know, yeah. Often though, the people talking to me have had something like that happen, and then yes. they've never let. It, you know, they're like, "What's wrong with me?" When I was five, I kissed this person. We did this. I'm like, mm-hmm. And so we're unpacking that. Of course, I'm checking in to make sure that it wasn't something where someone did, you know, have a bit more power over them or whatever. Quite often, it's just whoever, like, oh, I, I once kissed my brother, and I'm like, and they're like five or six, and I'm like, okay, and then they're like, yeah, we just tried something because we saw, you know, and I try to explain it feels weird because we know that we wouldn't do that now. Oh, no, of but course. Often, yeah. at, when you're that age, you you're not. You don't know you, you don't know that stuff. Yes. It's just you're just there. You're doing things, you know. I mean again, there's often things that aren't okay, but quite often it's just that. But they've carried it this whole time and then blurted something out to me and they're like, like, is there something wrong with me? I'm like, No, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So all and it, that and
0: it does tend to it spirals into something that it's oh, not yeah. as yes, well. You yes, know, yes. um, it just you know spirals out of control mm-hmm, and then all of mm-hmm. a sudden what was something that was just born out of imagination and curiosity and and, you know maybe just replicating something that they saw on honestly yeah 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 or playing like mum
1: and dad yeah or watching
0: mum and dad exactly you know and so Mm -hmm. it just spirals into this
1: whole big thing because they put yeah, stuff like the, especially if it's with a sibling, which again, it's often is because they're they're who you are around and it's opportunistic stuff in the way that they're just, oh, we're in the bath and. I'm looking at yours at you, also, yeah, uh, that kind of stuff. But they have made this whole thing of shame and, yeah, yeah and so once we unpack that, talking about that is not an uncommon behaviour, and i always obviously checking in to make sure they didn't feel coerced and, and that's a different course, feeling. Yeah. Even again, though, sometimes they're still very, very young, you know, yeah. so we're talking about, you know, people not having, if they've had no sex ed, knowing you're not supposed to do these you know, but, or if someone's busted them, the hell, that happened after that. Some people have told me the most horrific things, you know, where they were never to see that friend again and all oh, stuff, like horrible, yeah. horrible things. And they carried that right yeah. in, into wherever they are now, you know.
0: Absolutely. The extreme reaction causes extreme shame. as yeah, Like they, they mirror one another. You know, I remember, you know, hearing a story that uh, like a parent had literally taken the door off. The, the kids' bedroom after being caught masturbating because they would, that was disgusting. Been, yeah, yeah. You, you, you. Like you're inciting, you know, and there was obviously religious context for inciting, oh, you evil know, spirits. And you know, you're like I've even I've seen oh my goodness things about like when particularly people who have a vulva who are mm. self pleasuring,
1: yeah, that
0: that's the devil doing that. No. You're inciting oh, the devil having that doing that, and so like I I remember this story vividly that they literally took the door off off the hinges and um, and put it in the garage so that this, you know, this poor young person had no privacy, no sense of self-autonomy and, you know, the the shame spiral that that started that didn't just affect their sex life. I think it's important to note that this doesn't just affect your your sex life. That's going to affect your relationships, your image, the way that you view yourself in the world, the way you interact with other people, your social connections, you know, all sorts of different things Yeah, that it's not just, Okay, you got caught doing that. That's now you know you may not do that for the rest of your life. It's much yeah. more complex That's, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah. nuanced than that.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. yeah. So interrupts um, a nice healthy sexual development when that happens. Yeah.
0: yeah. Absolutely. So let's get to my, this is tends to be my favorite part of of every episode, (laughs) which is hearing what myth people want to smash about the
1: world. Okay. So I'm just going to say this. I mean, there's a few, I've got plenty, but you know, I feel like this one, because I see it so often, it's particularly because mostly it's cis women who come to see me, who say this the most, that they think they have low and I'm saying that in quotations, low libido or oh, this is, did you see that? I was just going to yeah. say, this has been an update on Zoom and when oh you use your goodness. hands, I've had fireworks, which funnily enough in the middle of having a session with someone about orgasm, it went off and, and then balloons. And luckily oh my okay. Goodness. So, and, it, and I, I keep like, trying to turn it off. I ha- There is... I, it's weird because there's a reaction thing on the bottom that you can do hands and stuff. that this, okay, so that's a new one. I've had fireworks, balloons, and now oh confetti. Goodness. For um,
0: people but- who are listening, please jump on YouTube and find that section. <laughs> Oh, it my is, goodness. Yeah. Oh, it's an and,
1: and it's an update. So I don't know if there's, there's a fault there because I've tried three times to turn oh. it off, but it was so weird, but very weird when I was in the middle of doing it. But funnily <laughs> that it somehow went on about orgasm and the couple were laughing hilariously. But, yes, so what I wanted to say is, yes, that one of the things I see the most is is, a, is particularly women, cis women will come to me and they say they're broken, right, because mm. they've got low or no libido. And what I want to say is I think that that is not the case i think yeah. that what's broken is the societal messaging around sexuality and that there are many ways arousal shows up and that i don't even know what i even think about you know the word libido i just think yeah. you know there are some people make decisions to have sex based on a lot of things so mm-hmm. what i'm saying is you're not broken and we shouldn't be uh pathologizing this like low libidos i, I think yeah. everything gets medicalized and like, as if yeah. something's wrong you know
0: I hate pathologizing things in general. Um, yeah, right. I tend to um, sort of go, you know, I don't think anybody is broken. You know, mm-hmm, we're mm-hmm. a toy that requires repair or needs fix. Mm. But
1: and particularly for women, I'm sorry, but I feel yeah. like them not feeling like sex. Look, there's obviously so many reasons, but yes. I often say they're valid. It's Absolutely. a it's a valid response yeah. to not feel like sex with what you just told me is going on in your life.
0: Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah.
1: I just thought and, saying that's normal. <laughs> like
0: Yes. And to think that it is not connected to something else. Yeah. Like there is always a connection there. Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? Some people just don't want a lot of sex or don't even think about it at all. And why does that have to be? Yes. Any, any, like it's okay. Like so yeah. we are very diverse. We're similar in lots of ways, but humans are also diverse. So it makes sense that there's some humans who never think about it.
0: Absolutely. And yes, I think, you know, I will tell my couples, you know what? If you want to schedule sex, schedule sex. Yeah. Like yeah. if that's what I hate you need the word. to do. It's the word, right? There's yeah. Like a... But it, it brings up that connotation that it's not wanted or yeah. that, you know, or we're not prioritizing it. And I think and you I just
1: know. said the word prioritizing because if you change the word yeah. schedule and you're prioritizing sex and you want to, right? If you want to, that's yes, a good thing.
0: Absolutely. I go, well, actually, by scheduling it, by putting it, you know, as a in,
1: thing to do. Yeah. It
0: it is prioritizing it. That's mm-hmm. the essence of what you are doing. Mm-hmm. You are going, this is important to us. We both want it. Yeah. It is, you know, yeah. we want to make sure that it doesn't get left aside. It's mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. that we are both you know, value and prioritise, yeah. scheduling it essentially it makes sense is in this- at its essence prioritising right.
1: it. That's exactly what I, yeah. and I, and I just feel like, it, I mean, seriously with all the stuff that's going, I'm surprised anyone's having sex to be honest. I oh, know. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I feel like it, yeah, and I think people get so worried about the fact they're not having sex, that becomes almost like a break and they're, you know, and it's like yeah. trying to let go of this is a very common thing, especially mostly especially so in monogamous relationships so it's only the two people that they're um they're you know made a deal to be sexual with kind of thing so you know it it, and long term the longer term relationship there's all stuff there that that is a very it's expected like it's like not making it such a thing there's something wrong you know like Absolutely. And I
0: think, you know, it is important to sort of go, like you said, if you don't want to have sex and you don't have a reason, that's okay. You Uh don't need a reason. Uh That is perfectly valid as a full sentence. Like um, you don't need to have a long-winded story to tell your partner, your spouse Mm -hmm. about why you don't want to be sexually intimate Mm -hmm. with them. You just say no. And
1: And that, what you just said, is what I spend a lot of time doing because they, for some reason they'll say no to something else. But this, because there's so much stuff tied up with the sexual stuff, right? Yeah. So that's exactly right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, that is and there it, might be a reason and you yeah. aren't comfortable
0: sharing yeah. that or whatever it is. Mm. But, you know, no is perfectly valid. And, you know, I've even said to a couple who um one of one of the people in the relationship went, you know, I was just tired. Yeah. I was just tired. And then that's it.
1: It's like not like I don't want to be with you. It's
0: not that I don't yeah. want you. to like,
1: You're not a good like, no, I'm yes. literally tired. But their partner
0: was like, yeah, but, like, shouldn't this overpower that tiredness? Yeah, and we're see, like, that's
1: the difference in oh this is, right? And yeah. that's where I talk about, aha, you're yes. one of those humans There's who does have an overpowering sense and they can just overcome everything, even their tiredness, yes. and get sexy, right? Off they go. Yes. But they're with someone, no. That tiredness overrides, yeah, and they can't get it. So they don't understand because they can, and that's that thing of yeah. having that conversation about the way arousal is a lot of people that is a big break they're like are you kidding I just want to go to sleep I am not doing any exercise right now you know
0: absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah
1: Yeah. and and I think they don't understand because they clearly don't experience that
0: yes yeah Mm -hmm. and so it just spirals into something that doesn't need to be the you know, the partner wanting sex feels unwanted, unloved, yeah. rejected,
1: Which feels awful. And yeah, then the yeah. other
0: person feels like there's something wrong with them. Like, mm-hmm. why can't I mm-hmm. just yep, be like that? Turn it on. Totally. Why can't totally. I do that? You know, maybe <laughs> I don't, maybe I'm not attracted to them and it just yep, like, goes right out uh-huh, uh-huh. into something that it just doesn't need to be when in reality mm-hmm. it's just, you know, Differences. You're like two different people. Somebody's tired. Let's go to sleep.
1: Yeah, find a different okay. time. Mm. Yeah, <laughs>
0: like so. Yes,
1: yeah. that's yeah. pretty much a lot of what my uh, my work is is that stuff. I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and
0: and I think you know if anything people get out of this conversation that it's not always just about sex, going no. to a sex therapist. Yeah, that yeah, much for much sure. It's bigger than that. It's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Know, it's connected to a, a multitude of different things mm-hmm. and it's not just going there talking about the actual act mm-hmm. of having mm-hmm. sex or talking mm-hmm. about foreplay or things like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm, you know, A mm-hmm. parent can go to a sex therapist yep, to talk and about talk do I about how to educate my kid Yeah. About and
1: sometimes I have mum come because their kids come out whether it's trans queer whatever and we just have a space for unpacking what that feels like
0: yeah it (laughs) is a much (laughs) more diverse picture than perhaps what Social media, perhaps what you know, TV shows and documentaries.
1: Yeah, they get
0: credit yeah. for,
1: <laughs> which yeah, is yeah. that it's just. I'm not going to tell you to steam about, your vagina and. All yes. That.
0: Oh my gosh, that yeah, just sounds yeah. like the most mortifying experience. Right? To be quite yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so much more than just like sex and body yeah, parts and pleasure and, and things like that. It is, mm-hmm. you know, relationships and social connections and consent and parenting and
1: yeah, all of it.
0: All sorts of different things. And mm. so I think it is an ever evolving conversation.
1: Yes, it, it is. I and mean, then, yeah, whatever. Keep going. Yeah. It
0: is a slowly evolving conversation, but, mm-hmm. you know, I hope that at least, you know, more doors start to open.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But and people can feel people- less like broken and yes. yeah, do, do yeah. what they need to do in their specific relationship if they're in one. Yeah relationships, like not worry about yeah. what like some of those podcasters are saying, you better have sex three times a week or your whole relationship is over. Don't yes. listen to that. Unless both of you want sex three times a like, week. Cool, then go yeah. with that. In which case, go for it. Sounds yeah. interesting, but go
0: for it. Yeah. Do um. whatever.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, no, don't, don't, don't worry about it. But they do. Some yeah. people really take that stuff and like yeah. think about something. okay, we've got to do this. I'm like, no, you don't. Unless you really want to.
0: Yes, exactly. And there is a lot of information that gets pumped into your, you know, feeds, your social media, your news oh. outlets. There is a lot of Some out people there. who have
1: never studied human sexuality yeah, or they, relationships are even. And they're yeah. like saying all this stuff like it's gospel.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just, you know, it's easy to understand how people don't know what to believe. They don't know what is what. And so go and find somebody and have an actual conversation as opposed to reading and reading and reading and make sure that those people that you're having a conversation with actually know what they're talking about, Mm -hmm. that they have information, that they're not Mm -hmm. just someone who, you know, did a three month like coaching course and thinks that they're a you know a sexuality Sex
1: yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes well thank you so much
1: thank you always this a good conversation My i love topic
0: <laughs> yeah i've loved having conversations with everybody awesome um, it's been great all right
1: thanks for having me thanks naomi thank you thanks for having me we hope
0: you enjoyed joining us inside the therapy room thanks for listening